believe we are rolling here tonight. Uh, God bless you. Uh, this is Pastor Nathan uh, from Redemption Place of Allegan. And I want to welcome you to our live stream of uh, tonight's Bible study. Um, what a blessing it is to have you with us and um, to see everybody here uh, online. If you are uh, joining us online, if you will, go ahead and just comment uh, that you have joined us. Uh, love to recognize uh, all of you who have joined us and uh, have joined uh, our Bible study here tonight. Uh, again, blessings to you and to your family uh, as we uh, get into tonight's Bible study. Uh, again, God bless you as you come online. Uh, just briefly comment uh, your name and, and uh, that you are with us and um, we will be uh, recognizing you uh, as part of our services. And God bless you uh, as you are joining us. Uh, yes, God bless you. God bless you. Uh, amen. Amen. Well, uh, let me go ahead and get started here tonight. Um, as we get into tonight, what I want to just share about uh, for a few moments is uh, Passover. Uh, for those of you who may not know, tonight is Passover. And so I'm going to be studying and uh, sharing a little bit about uh, the Passover meal, as it is a meal, it's a celebration. And what does that mean and its importance to us um, as the modern day believer, contemporary Christian? And what does it mean to us? Um, before, though, I get started on that, let me also just quickly say um, this coming Friday, Good Friday, again, be with me uh, right here on Facebook Live as I'm going to be giving a, a short uh, word of encouragement. Uh, word of encouragement. Um, I'm going to be doing a, a quick little devotional on uh, six hours uh, on Friday. Um, which is all about the six hours leading up to the cross. Uh, six hours leading up to the cross. What happened during those last six hours before Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. Uh, very important, those six hours. And so I want to uh, do a quick little word of encouragement uh, there. Um, so be with us on Friday night. Then on Sunday, Sunday we will be live streaming the service uh, as we have been for the past couple of Sundays, we'll be live streaming at the church uh, with praise and worship, prayer, ministry of the word, another great uh, Easter service we're going to have. But then following the Easter service, that's going to be from 1030 to 1130, and then from noon to 1, uh, noon to 1, we're going to be doing a drive-through prayer. Uh, so you are encouraged and invited uh, to drive to the church, uh, drive into the parking lot. We have a uh, carport uh, that uh, you can drive under. We have a line uh, set up and, and cones and you can drive through. Um, and then uh, keeping, of course, with all the social distancing and everything. Um, but uh, if you want, I can come and we can pray with you while you're in your car and have a quick word of prayer together. A uh, quick word of encouragement and uh, just to help keep uh, interaction and connection between the body of Christ. So I encourage you to come, you and your family, uh, this Sunday uh, to Redemption Place, Allegan, which is located at 1900 
Lincoln Road, uh, just uh, by Elegant Dan and Babylon Road. And uh, we love to meet you and greet you in the name of the Lord. All right, getting into again the Passover meal. And I want to begin here with the book of 1 Peter, uh, chapter number 1. And 1 Peter, chapter number 1, uh, beginning with verse number 18 and 19, uh, we see Peter says here, he says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We were redeemed by the blood of the lamb. That's all of Peter's whole point right there. Corruptible things, material things, cannot redeem you. But the blood of Jesus Christ has redeemable power and value. It can redeem you from your sins. It can redeem you from your wretchedness. And Paul, Peter here is saying that that is how we have redemption. It is through the precious blood of the Lamb. And notice how Peter says, it is by the blood of the Lamb. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. I thought that we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Why then does Peter say we are redeemed by the blood of a Lamb? A Lamb without blemish and without spot. Because, as we're going to learn tonight, Jesus Christ became the Passover Lamb shed for our sins once and for all on the cross of Calvary. We don't have to sacrifice lambs every single day in order to now be forgiven of our sins as they had to in the past. Where they had to wait until a special time where they could get the lamb and sacrifice the lamb in order to be forgiven of their sins. Now, Jesus Christ came as the sacrificial lamb and he died once and for all that we may be forgiven of our sins. Jesus Christ is the lamb shed for our sins. In fact, we see this in Revelation chapter 5. In Revelation chapter 5, we see that this lamb is still alive. This lamb is still alive. Look at Revelation chapter 5. It says, uh, and I want to read here, um, in Revelation chapter 5, um, in verse, I'm sorry, not Revelation 5, oh yeah, five, uh, verse 5. It says, Revelation 5, verse 5, it says, But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. For behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scrolls. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are seven spirits of God, into the earth. 
he saw a lamb. And look at what I want to show you here tonight. He says, I saw a lamb as though it had been slain. In other words, I'm seeing a lamb, a lamb that has just, like, it looks like this lamb has literally just been slaughtered. It looks like this lamb. Now, wait, wait, hold on, Pastor. I thought Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, died over 2,000 years ago. But when John is looking in heaven and he sees the Lamb of God in heaven, he sees the Lamb as though it had just been slain. In other words, what he was seeing was fresh blood. He wasn't seeing old, dried up blood. He was seeing fresh blood. In other words, the blood is still just as fresh today. The blood of Jesus Christ is just as fresh today as it was all those years ago. It has just the same amount of power uh, today to save you from your sins and to wash away your sins as it did over 2,000 years ago. We're not, we're not uh, redeemed by old dried up blood, but we are redeemed by the fresh, powerful blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope somebody's getting excited right there at your home. The blood of Jesus is always fresh. The blood of Jesus is always ready just for you. It's always ready to be applied to every situation. You can apply the fresh blood of Jesus to every situation. Whether it be a situation you've encountered 10 years ago or a situation you haven't even yet encountered. A situation of your future. The fresh blood of Jesus will still be there. And you can apply it to every situation. But let's get into the Passover. Where does the Passover begin? Where does the Passover come from? And the Passover begins in the book of Exodus. Again, thank you all for joining. I'm seeing uh, you joining. Again, type your name and uh, 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 let us know that you are with us uh, here on this live stream uh, edition of tonight's Bible study. But Revelation chapter 12. And this is where we find the story of the very first Passover. In Revelation chapter 12. And it begins with verse number 21 of Revelation chapter 12. It says, And then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and care the Passover lamb. And you should take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out the door of your house until morning. Doesn't that sound awfully familiar? Quarantine. See, God gave, the, God gave his people of Israel a, 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 a recommendation of quarantine. He said, you need to stay in your house. You're going to put the blood over the door, but then you're going to stay in your house. Why? Because if you go outside the house, something is going to happen. Look at what he continues to say. He says, for the Lord will pass through. To strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, 
the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your house and strike you. And you should observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. And it will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised, you should keep this service. And it should be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this? That you should say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel, when he struck the Egyptians and delivered the houses. And they bowed and worshipped. Get a load of this. Jesus said to his his children, he said, I want you to put the blood over the house and then get inside your house and do not leave your house all night. If you walk outside the door of your house, the destroyer will also destroy you. There was a, there was a, a, a method of obedience That was recommended. It sounds just like today, doesn't it? In fact, I tell you what, today's Passover comes at such a, a, a prophetic time as we're finding the same quarantine measures is in place much throughout the entire world that we live in. Not just here in the United States, not even just in places of Europe and, and, and Asia, but I mean, literally across the world, we're seeing these measures of quarantine. And yet here at this Passover, with tonight being Passover, we can go back to this original story of Passover and see the same measures in place. There's a prophetic element there. And I believe this is all prophecy revealing to us that the time is even nearer than what we may have imagined. God told his children, do not leave lest the destroyer. Now who is the destroyer? The book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 9, tells us who the destroyer is. It says that he is Apollyon. He is Satan. Satan is the destroyer. Read in Revelation chapter 9, verse 11. And the destroyer is come to strike the earth and to strike all of those. But notice who the destroyer is not able to strike. Notice who the destroyer, Satan, the devil, notice who he was not able to kill. He was not able to kill or destroy any of the children in a house that is covered with the blood. <laughs> oh yes. Can I tell you that the blood of the Lamb that was applied to those doors so that the enemy could not come in, that right now, that same fresh blood that is up in heaven can be applied to the door of your very life. That same fresh blood can be applied over the door of your household. Even as you are being quarantined in your house, being quarantined in your situation, your community, or your city, right now, the same blood of the Passover lamb can be applied into your house. And when you apply the blood of Jesus, 
You see, the devil cannot cross over the blood of Jesus. The devil cannot cross over the line. Where the bloodline is drawn, the devil cannot cross the bloodline. Because the blood of Jesus stops the enemy from having any entrance into your life, into your family. There is power in applying the blood of Jesus. And notice, only those who were under the blood were safe. Tonight, as you're watching, can I ask you a question? Are you under the blood? Are you under the blood of Jesus? Have you asked for the blood of Jesus to come and cleanse you of all your sins? To wash away all of your sins? That's what the blood of Jesus does. The blood of Jesus, the fresh blood of Jesus from heaven, it begins to flow. When you ask God to forgive you of all your sins, that blood comes and literally washes away all your sins. Are you under the blood covering? Under the blood? And so, what did they do? That very first Passover. The Bible says that what they did was when they closed the door, they put the blood on their doorpost and they closed the door and they went inside and then they had a meal as a family. They had a supper. And while the death angel, the destroyer, was going house to house and killing all the firstborn sons except for the houses, they had the blood on them. The family that was inside the house with the blood they were having a meal together. They were having supper together. They were eating together. And since that very first Passover, the Jews, as you can see in the book of Exodus, it says, what should we do? You should do this every single year. God commanded it. Every single year at the time of Passover, as a yearly remembrance, you need to have another family dinner, a family meal, a Passover meal, where you once again go inside your homes and you have a dinner together as a whole family. And you have certain elements in the dinner to remind you of the Passover. So what are all the different elements of the dinner? Because over the years, the Jewish people have put together a whole uh, a Haggadah. Which is a ceremony, a dinner ceremony. In which they use elements of the dinner to help represent... Spiritual elements to Passover and what it means to them today. So what does this story in Exodus chapter 12, what does it mean to us today? And what are the prophetic elements of the Passover Haggadah? Of that Passover meal? And so traditionally the Passover meal is called the Seder. And in the Seder they have several different Food elements. I just want to go through a few of them and talk about their prophetic elements. One of the uh, elements that they uh, eat during the Passover meal is a is a mixture uh, called kerosat, which it kind of looks like applesauce. And what it is is it's a mixture of chopped walnuts, wine, uh, cinnamon, and apples. And they chop all that together and they mix it up. Walnuts, wine, cinnamon, and apples. And when they mix it all up, 
it actually turns a white color and it represents the mortar that was in uh, the bricks. And to the Jewish people today, that reminds them of the years of slavery. Because in Exodus 12, when all this happened, they were slaves in Egypt. And they were slaves who had to make all the bricks, mix up all the mortar, in order to build the houses and buildings for the Egyptians. And so that mixture helps remind them of the slavery that they were under. But yet it was sweet to the taste. Apples and cinnamon, sweet to the taste. And that reminded them that even in the midst of this slavery, <laughs> there was a sweetness to life. Because God was still their God. God had never left them. Even though they were in slavery for all those years, 400 years, yet God had never left them. God was still their God. Doesn't matter how much pain or struggles you're going through, God is still God. And He is still your God and my God. Not only that, but they also uh, have this thing that's called a uh, coppice, which is basically fresh greens. Usually, uh, it's like a parsley, and they use parsley leaves. And what this represents is the hyssop. Remember reading in Exodus 12, where we were just at? He said that after you put the blood of that lamb inside the basin, like a, like a paint bucket, you then take a hyssop branch, which is basically a branch that had... Uh, kind of leaves that were that would soak in the blood and they would dip it into the paint of the blood the blood if you think of like a paint bucket they would dip it in to get the blood all over the hyssop leaves and then they would use the hyssop leaves and basically it turned into a paintbrush and they would then paint the blood of the lamb on their doorpost and so the hyssop leaves and they use today parsley as it's a good representation of hyssop, and they had parsley leaves, that's called coppice, and they use it to help them remind them of the blood being spread over the doorpost. They also have what's called bitter herbs, and they would eat bitter herbs during the dinner, uh, usually horseradish, uh, and again that horseradish represents the bitter, the bitterness of the slavery that they were under. And then they would have the lamb, the main course, the meat, the lamb. They would eat the lamb. And of course the lamb represented the sacrifice. The sacrifice that had to be killed in order for the redemption to take place. They also would eat what's called the matzah or matzah bread which is basically unleavened bread. My daughter asked me earlier tonight what was unleavened bread. And I had to explain to her that unleavened bread is bread without any yeast or leaven in it. It's flat bread, not soft but hard, more like a cracker than bread. And it's usually a pretty thin and a wafer type of uh, texture. 
unleavened bread. And the unleavened bread symbolized to them the hastiness in which they had to leave Egypt. Because after, after the blood was put up on the house, and after the death angel came and killed the firstborn son of every single household, the Egyptians immediately said, get out, get out now. You're free, you're no longer slaves, I want you gone, I want you out of this country, out of this land, go quickly, leave now. And they had to get all of their possessions, all of their belongings, in one day time. Imagine trying to pack up your whole house in one day. Imagine that. Everything you own, everything in, everything in all of your rooms, including your basements, including your garages. And they had to pack all of it up in just one day in order to quickly try to get out. And so, when they were trying to pack their lunches, they didn't have time to, to, to make nice sandwiches. They didn't have time to bake fresh bread. So they had to use unleavened bread. They had to just quickly make the bread and then take it without the yeast being able to rise in the bread. They had to make it without yeast. And so it represents the hastiness in which they had to flee and leave the land. And in fact, during the dinner, uh, they used the bread as part of the ceremony. And during the dinner, the uh, leader of the ceremony, or usually the father of the house, would take the matzah bread, and he would take three pieces of bread, of this matzah bread. Which, by the way, for us as Christians, you can see how the three pieces of bread represents the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But they would take three pieces of bread, and they would put it into a basket with like three different compartments in the basket. And in the middle of the meal, they would take out the, the, the leader, the, the father, the, the man in the house, would take out the center piece. For those of you, again, seeing the symbolicness here, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the center piece would represent the Son. But they would take out the center piece, the center piece of bread, and he would then break the bread in two pieces. So that center piece, he would break it. And he would wrap one piece of the broken bread into a linen cloth, like a linen napkin. And you'd wrap it up very nicely inside this napkin. And then during the meal, he would actually get up and he would go and hide that piece of bread inside that linen napkin. He would hide it somewhere in the house. And then after the meal, after the dinner, the kids would have to go and, and they'd find that piece of bread. That linen cloth. You say, well, Pastor, what, what's all the symbolicness there? If you think about this, first of all, they picked up the centerpiece representing the sun. And then what did they do? He broke it, representing his death. The broken body of Jesus Christ. And then, what did he do? He hid the broken piece inside a linen napkin representing what? His barrier. Going into the tomb, being hidden away. And then he would be, the piece of bread was hidden for a time 
Jesus Christ was hidden in a tomb for three days. But then ultimately it was found again. And ultimately after three days Jesus Christ was found again by his disciples. He was found again by all the believers as he rose again from the dead. What an amazing symbolic element that points to Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the Lamb of God, as the one who came for our salvation. And not only would they have uh, all of these different kinds of foods, but they also have uh, four cups of, of wine in their meal. And these four cups will represent freedom, deliverance, redemption, and release. Freedom, deliverance, redemption, and release. Interesting, in part of this whole dinner ceremony, they were also set up a fifth cup. And they were set up a whole entire meal. Uh, another uh, uh, plate, dinner plate, and they'll set up an empty chair. They'll have a whole dinner plate and a whole cup set up next to an empty chair at, a, at their table. And they would all eat dinner with an empty chair. The empty chair was set for Elijah. And the empty cup was set for Elijah. Because the book of Malachi prophesies that in the last days, he's going to send forth Elijah to come. And of course, we know Elijah is one who was translated directly into heaven. He was one of only two that actually never experienced death. But went right into heaven. And it is believed in Revelation it says that at the last days, Elijah is going to come back again. So this holding out this extra cup represents a kingdom age, the age of the millennium, when Elijah is going to come back again. And we're going to see him. And so, if you look at that, though, two of those four cups of wine represented the past. Two of those represent the future, I mean the present. And then that cup of Elijah represents the future. And so we had, they had food to represent different elements of the meal. They had drinks to represent different elements of the meal. But the main course was always the lamb. What is so special about this Passover lamb? I want you to look with me in 1 Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. And in 1 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 7, it says this. It says, Therefore, purge out the old leaven. Remember we're talking about the leaven bread? Leaven representing sin. So he's saying, purge out the sin. Purge out the old leaven. That you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity 
and truth. Notice what Paul says. Paul says, indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Just as the lamb in Exodus 12 was killed so that the blood could be put on the doorpost and they could be saved. So Jesus Christ was killed and put on the wooden cross. Same thing as the wooden doorpost. He was put on the wooden cross and his blood was shed. Just as that lamb's blood was shed. His blood was shed so that he might save us from the old leaven, from the sin that does so easily beset us. Jesus Christ, our Passover Lamb, has come. Look at Isaiah. We see this prophesied so eloquently in Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 53, uh, starting with verse 3, uh, the, uh, the prophet prophesies of this very thing. He says, for he, he's prophesying about Jesus, the Passover Lamb, he says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. For surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Just as that lamb had to be killed, Jesus Christ was smitten and afflicted for us. Now look at verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The iniquity of us all, the sins of every single mankind, of every single human being, has been laid upon that one sacrificial lamb, the Lamb of God, our Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. All of our sins have been laid upon, and look at this, it even says, and by his stripes we are healed. The blood that the Lamb of God shed for us was shed not only for our remission of sins, but also for our healing. The blood has healing power. I'm going to get into that here in just a moment. John the Baptist declared Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God, the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. When he says in John chapter 1, 29, he says, Behold! The Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Paul recognizes that the blood of the Lamb not only takes away the sins of the world, but also it takes us into a brand new life of the Spirit. You read this in Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. That the blood of Jesus Christ actually allows for us and makes a way for us to have a life in the Spirit. You see how important the blood of Jesus Christ is? And in the book of Exodus, and I want to read this in Exodus chapter 13. In Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. It says, 
that when the Lord should bring you into the land, you should eat the unleavened bread. Unleavened bread you should eat, and you should tell your son in that day, saying, This is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up from Egypt. We eat the Passover every year. We take time out to remember the blood of the Lamb every year. Why? So that when my children come to me and say, Why are we doing this, Dad? Why are we doing this, Mom? Why are we talking about a lamb that had to die for our sins? Why are we talking about this? God already gave us the answer. Because this is what the Lord has done for me. Is there anybody out there right now on Facebook land that, can, that has a story about what the Lord has done for you? About how the blood of the Lamb has done something powerful in your life. How it maybe healed your body. How it saved you from your sins. How it touched you. How it protected your household. How the blood of the Lamb uh, protected your, 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 your car when you were driving. And how the blood of the Lamb may protected you from an accident. Or, or a situation. Or a struggle. And how it how brought deliverance into your life. And by, I'm telling you saints, listen to me. This is what the Lord has done for me by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have a story to tell. And what greater time to tell it than that Passover. What greater time to, even tonight, while you're quarantined in your home, tell your children, tell your loved ones, this is what the blood of the Lord has done for me. This is what the blood of the Lamb has done for my life. And I just want to end really quick with three blessings of Passover. Then I'm going to be done. For three blessings of Passover. Get a load of this. Are you ready? The first blessing of Passover is this healing in communion. You see, when Jesus Christ on that day, when he was spending his last meal at Passover, he had what we now call the Last Supper. It was actually the Passover Supper. It was this same dinner that we talked about the bitter herbs and the horseradish and the hyssop and the parsley leaves and the and the mixed walnuts and, and all of this and the matzah bread and, and he was having that meal. And when he picked up the bread, it says in the book of Luke and also Matthew, but it says when he picked up the bread, he broke the bread. And every time we take communion, we remember that. And we, when we say that he broke the bread and he broke the communion. And we recognize that as, as again, the breaking of, of his body, the crucifixion of his body. See, that wasn't an odd thing to those disciples, though, that day. Because, again, that was a part of the ceremony. That was the matzah ceremony. So to the disciples, that was not an odd thing. Jesus was, in fact, the leader of that Passover meal, the Last Supper. And so as the leader, he picked up the three pieces of bread. He picked up the middle one, representing himself. And he broke the bread. And in representing himself, he said, this is now my body, which is going to be broken for you. My body. And then he picked up the cup. And of course, remember what he said in the cup. This is my, my blood. This is going to be shed for you. But there is healing in that communion. 
because of what Jesus did when he bore the stripes upon his back. And by his stripes we are here. Whenever we take of that communion, that little cup of, 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 of wine, a cup of grape juice that represents the blood of Jesus, when we take that little wafer that represents the unleavened bread, and we eat and we drink that little communion, that communion has healing power in it. Let me tell you right now. If you're sick in body, I encourage you. Take communion. There's healing power. In communion, there's healing blessings in the Passover. Healing flows through that. Not, not only is there healing in communion, but the second blessing of Passover is deliverance from plagues. And this is so important in the time that we're living in right now. Look at Deuteronomy 28. In Deuteronomy 28, and I just want to read this, uh, starting here uh, with verse number 21. He says, uh, we know this chapter because he says, if you, if you obey my commandments, blessings are going to come on you. But if you don't obey my commandments, curses are going to come on you. I want to show you first the curses. Notice what curses come upon a nation that does not obey God. A people that does not follow God. Look at what he says in the Bible as the curses that comes on you. He says right here, he says, if you will not obey my commandments, then the Lord will send cursing. Confusion and rebuke in all that you set your hands to do, until you are destroyed, and until you perish quickly, because the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the plague. I believe this, this coronavirus is a plague on our land. Look at what he says. He says, the Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. Look at verse 22. It even says that for those who disobey, for those who, who do not obey my commandments, look at what's going to happen. It says, the Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever, with the sword, with scorching and mildew, and, you shall, and they shall pursue you until you perish. Does fever sound familiar? With this virus? This was, this was written thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years ago. And yet we're seeing it happening right now. Because as a nation, we have turned away from God. And we've decided to follow other things. Pursue other things. God's no longer important. And because of that, God said, fine. You don't think I'm important? I'm going to send fever. On your land. I'm going to send a plague. On your land. But now look at the blessings that come. From those who obey. God. And remember his Passover. It says. That the Lord. Recommend the blessings on you. In your storehouses. And all that you set your hands to do. The Lord will establish you as a holy people. The Lord will grant you plenty of good and increase of your land. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give rain to your land in the season, to bless all the work of your hands. You should lend to many nations, but you should not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Hallelujah. And you should be above only and not beneath. You should not have to worry about nothing. Listen, these are the blessings that come 
to those who obey God and remember the Passover. And then the very last blessing that comes from Passover is found in Revelation chapter 12. Many of you might know this passage. But in Revelation chapter 12, we find the blessing of the blood that gives total deliverance, total victory. Is somebody watching here right now today, do you want victory in your life? Well, in Revelation chapter 12, we see the blessing of victory comes through the blood of Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb. In Revelation 12, verse number 9, it says this, And so the great dragon was cast out, and the serpent of old called the devil of Satan, who deceived the whole world. They were cast out. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. A blessing of Passover. Total victory. I want to tell you, saints, tonight you can also experience total victory. These blessings, you can experience healing in your body. If you're sick right now, you can experience healing in your body. If you are uh, just, just, just wanting some blessings, if, if you need a blessing and a miracle in your life, if you need financial recovery, there's many people watching me when I need financial recovery. Remember the blessings of Deuteronomy 28? It said that if you don't obey, uh, poverty is going to come and plagues. But if you obey, there's going to come, you won't have to, you will not have to lend from anybody, but you become the lender, not the lendee. You become the head, not the tail. Many of you right now, you're facing financial struggles because of lost work, lost employment. I'm coming to let you know right now today, the blessing of Passover is financial uh, a blessing. Passover comes healing and communion, financial blessing, and also total victory, overcome by the blood of the Lamb. All these blessings can be yours, all because of Jesus Christ, our Passover Lamb has come. And if you will simply surrender yourself to Jesus Christ, become like the people of Israel back in Exodus 12, and come under the blood covering, come under the blood of Jesus Christ, be washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and these blessings shall be yours in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, right now, I pray for each one listening. Now, Lord, right now today, they will come to you and ask that you wash their sins away by the blood of your Son. Jesus, right now, we ask for the blessings that come all because of your sacrifice on the cross. Bless us now, O Lord, indeed, each and every one, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Again, Friday night, 7 p.m., Friday night, a good Friday, word of encouragement. Uh, be here for that on Facebook live stream. Uh, also, Sunday morning, 10.30, uh, live stream service, Easter service, and then from noon to 1, uh, join us at the church. Uh, 
under the carport, drive-in prayer, drive-through prayer. It's going to be a great time to, uh, again, see anybody and, uh, and connect. God bless you. Have a great time.